professional or amateur athlete is injured, time to treatment is critical. That's why more tri-state schools and coaches trust the trainers and doctors of Beacon Orthopedics. In fact, more than 30 high schools, club, college, and pro teams choose Beacon Orthopedics as their official medical providers. On the sidelines and in the operating room, we get athletes back in the game safely and quickly with comprehensive sports medicine care. At Beacon Orthopedics, we care for the pros, student-athletes, and weekend warriors every day. Welcome to another episode of your WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Pleased to be joined by Elder Head Football Coach Doug Ramsey and St. Xavier Head Football Coach Steve Specht. The 100th meeting between the Elder and St. X football programs will occur on Friday night at Balaban Field at 7 p.m. St. X Athletics Department is uh, anticipating a sellout of 7,500 people and uh, certainly going to be uh, a much-anticipated GCL South matchup between 4-1 Elder and 5-0 St. Xavier. As always, this uh, High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Chick-fil-A restaurants, where the winning play is always chicken. Download the app today for extra points. And as always, you can get this WCPO High School Insider podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And I want to welcome in Coach Specht and Coach Ramsey to the podcast. Guys, how are you? Thanks, Mike. Yep. Good, Mike. How you doing? Doing well. Hey, I uh, just want to ask, uh, 100th meeting, I know you guys have a, a task at hand. You're not going to be caught up in the uh, the sentimental moment or, uh, of, of uh, this Friday night, uh, but certainly uh, this is one of the most renowned football rivalries in the area, in Southwest Ohio, and really in the entire state. Um, how momentous is this to say uh, both these programs have been uh, playing for 100 games now uh, this Friday night? I'll, I'll begin with you, Steve. I think it's a testament to not only Elder High School, St. Xavier High School, but the culture, the fabric of high school football in the city of Cincinnati and in southwest Ohio. It matters. It always has mattered. You know, the game and Friday night lights. And when you're growing up as a young guy, you're you're wearing you're painting your face purple, you're painting face blue and you're dreaming of the days you get to play in a game like this. And to think, Mike, that this has been going on for 100 years. I mean, you put that in the. Wow. Wow. It, It is important. And what a neat what a neat rivalry. Doug, you've been at this for 23 years. Um, What is your favorite game in this rivalry? Oh, I don't know. There's been a lot of really good games, you know, and I think that's the thing. And as Steve said, it's, it, this matters so much to so many people. It's just, it's just so important, not, not crazy important, but important in that, you know, people support the kids and people are, are, are here supporting the schools and, and, and to think that, you know, we've done this now, you know, 99 times going on to time number 100 and people still really get into this and, and, and will enjoy this. 7,500 people will be there. The game's going to be on TV as well. I mean, so many people will have their eyeballs on this. And, and, and that's what makes it so, so great. You know, you, you just think about the games we've had in the past, whether it's here or whether it's it's there. <clears throat> whether it's been at Nippert Stadium, wherever it's been, it's always been such a, a great atmosphere to play high school games. Steve, do you have a favorite game in this series? No, I, I'd have to echo what Doug just said. I, I don't think it's – I never like to pick one game over another because uh, they all matter. They're different kids that are, are playing so hard. So, I, I you know, it's 
boy, it's tough to pick just one because there's been so many great games played. It's hard to believe it's only been one OT game, that 04 game that went to double overtime. Is that the only one? Either no, one. We, we played a few. Was there a few more? I, I had four playoff played. games, at least uh, in the in the all-time series. Only one OT game in 04, but maybe if you can recall others, I'd be certainly to... I, I think Doug will, Doug will echo this. I, we went to overtime at St. X, and Doug, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we went to double overtime when when Peyton was, I think, a junior. Okay. And I'm not Mike. We had him. We thought the game was over. We had him on a four. I think it was a fourth down play. We had him sacked, and we're all excited. And then Peyton did that thing he does, right? <laughs> and spins around and runs around and throws a seed for a touchdown. And we ended up losing the game. And I think it was over. Wasn't that overtime? Doug? It was overtime because okay. actually that was a a, uh, a brilliant call on my part that we went for two after we scored and then we get we you know Peyton makes a play but we get called for about 27 different penalties because he ran around forever and then we had to kick a 35 yard extra point into uh, driving wind and rain and so uh Mike Riga hit it and we were able to win in overtime but yeah we've we've had a couple a couple of uh of, of overtime games well there you go my mistake turned into some interesting discussion there so good stuff Steve you grew up in Green Township I know there was a story. I mean, you wore purple when you were a kid. Uh, tell me about that uh, growing up really in elder country there on the west side. Yeah, my father, God rest his soul, uh, he was a dentist on, on the west side. He, his practice was right by Western Hills uh, football field on Ferguson Place. And and dad was deeply embedded in, in the elder community. He was deeply embedded in his uh, as an elder uh, athletic booster, uh, I still like going down. I, he's got his name on a plaque down by the pit. When we go play, I always try to go and take a look at it. But my brother was an 80 grad of elder high school, and I was I was born and raised wearing purple and going to the games. And, you know, I try to think of why how I ended up going to St. Xavier High School. And you know, my my grade school baseball coach Chuck Mentrop was a big was a big ex guy at the time, and I know Chuck was really pushing hard, and my mother was really instrumental in pushing me to to go to St. Xavier High School for whatever reason. But you know, it, it, my brother's incredibly successful. Is is you know he's a pharmacist, and and I've had some some luck in my career at St. X. So you're talking about two great institutions. Uh, the same type of kids. Uh, it, it's just, again, it, it adds to the, the rivalry and what makes it so neat. Steve, you've been at this for 16 years as a head coach. Doug, 23 years as a head coach, as I mentioned earlier. I, I know you put, coached in big games, probably no games phase. You've been in state championship games, the biggest environments, the biggest, the loudest crowds. Um, but still, what's it like just coaching in a GCL South game? It's got to add another level to your competitiveness. And now as you get older, do you see it from a different perspective, like how, you know, maybe I should have done something different or I view it differently now that, you know, obviously your kids are, or for the most part, I mean, obviously, Doug, you still have Drew there at Elder, but uh, your kids are older and, and different life experiences obviously would affect your your perspective. Doug, I mean, tell me about that, how you uh, how you kind of relate to these games now as you po- maybe opposed to uh, 10 to 15 years ago. Uh, I'm probably not as psychotic about the games today. I think I try to enjoy it a little bit more uh, than I used to. You know, I, I think that is the perspective of, you know, sometimes as a coach, you go through and you have expectations of kids. And then when you get the opportunity to coach your own kids, and then you kind of, you kind of view things as a father a little bit more. And, and so, you know, I think it changes you because, because, 
obviously we all do this to win. You know, we're, we're, we're that's the object of the game. But but in the end, it's not the end all. You know, what can we do for kids and what kind of experiences can we have for kids, I think, is is what's really important. Um, you know, and, and, and games like this, I think, really bring that out, that this is an opportunity to to uh, to showcase your talents and your abilities and, and play in something that's meaningful and fun and and just go out and give it everything you got and and and, and you're right about you know we've had we played some some good teams so far but but there's not the same feeling in those games as there is when you line up against X or Moeller or LaSalle just being in a GCL game and I think for us the X game is really big because you know, and, and I'm sure it's the same way for Steven and the X people is that so many people from X and Elder know each other. So many of the kids know each other that it just makes it that much more exciting, that much more fun. Steve, I should probably go to Hayden and Cameron for uh, maybe this question too, but how, how have you changed in terms of uh, maybe viewing these types of games when you talk about GCL South play? I agree with Doug. It's all about perspective. I think the older you get, you start to see things much more clearly with age comes wisdom. And although you, you compete as hard as you can and you want to win, I think you, you, there's a reason we've stayed at the high school level. There's a reason we coach kids. You know, it's still pure here for the most part. We're impacted. We have a chance to impact lives. I know the coaches that I had in my life made a, such a profound impact on me that I wanted to come back and, and do what they did. And, so you get older, and like you, like Doug said, you coach your kids. And what that is the single greatest experience I've had as a coach was the opportunity to coach my two boys. And and I watched Drew uh, lining up and playing. And I, I remember, I was like, God, that is so much fun. It's so exciting to coach your kids. That that adds a, a, another element to, to why we're doing this. Um, it mellows you. Um, I'd like to say uh, my coaching staff will probably disagree, but I think I have mellowed over the years. I, I do I do look at things from a kid perspective a lot more than I did from a wins and losses deal. It's about developing. And regardless of what happens Friday night, you want your kids to compete their tails off and be the best they can be. And God sorts the rest out. You know, we're just we're just conduits to help these kids develop life skills and so I'd like to think I'm a little more tempered, Mike, uh, and I, I think I get it a little more now. Just to piggyback on that, Steve, you told me this summer this was the most fun you've had in the preseason and maybe your entire coaching tenure there uh, as, as a head coach there with the Bombers. Tell me what you like most, kind of get into specifics here about your team, but what you like most about this group right now at 5-0. and Well, they compete. They play hard. We're young. We're, we're inexperienced, you know, young and inexperienced at a lot of spots and I think that was the enjoyment and what I found life-giving in, in camp was you know, you're working with kids that don't know what they don't know yet and you're mold you're trying to mold them and trying to see what their strengths are and, and hone your coaching to their strengths but they they care and they have fun and they're in it for all the right reasons Mike the kids we have lining up every day they want to wear the bomber blue they want to compete against Elder High School on Friday night because they get it you know this is high school football and these kids honestly have a passion for high school football and that is so refreshing you know, in the day and age of 
all these five stars and yeah, the, the heck with that. You know, we're talking about kids and, and these kids don't, none of them care about stars. They care about playing high school football and just being with their teammates and enjoying the experience and getting better. And that's been so life giving for me and that personally as a coach. I know we could talk a lot about your, your players on both sides of the ball, Steve, obviously we're talking about two of the top offenses in the GCL South uh, coming into this game. But your senior quarterback, Matthew Reavy, has thrown for already over 1,300 yards passing. Uh, obviously, some excellent targets when you talk about tight end Marshall Lane going to Northwestern and your outstanding junior, Liam Clifford. Uh, just talk about the way the offense has flowed uh, recently and uh, what you guys are doing so well there on that side of the ball. Well, I had an opportunity over the the winter to hire Andrew Coverdale, a very good friend of mine as our offensive coordinator. So we have an entirely new system. And I've watched Matthew's growth, his development through the system. Um, Andrew's a tremendous teacher, just a really, really sound, fundamental guy. And and Matthew has worked so hard, worked in the offseason. He studies the game. And to see him develop the way he has has been has been really satisfying. Um, as, a, as a high school teacher and coach. You know, but he has some weapons. You named them. Liam Clifford's a very talented junior wide receiver. He has, he has a lot of a very bright future ahead of him. Obviously, Marshall Lang has been having a great year as well. Um, and we're, we're developing. You know, last week, though, you look at it, Mike, our left side of our line, we started a sophomore left tackle, a sophomore left guard, and a sophomore center. So, again, I get back to the they don't know what they don't know. And then you, you're going to throw them into an elder elder game. <laughs> it's, you get to see how they react. And that's so we've been fortunate this year. You know, he's spreading the ball around. Uh, and, he's, you know, they're doing a real nice job offensively. Doug, everybody talks about your offensive line there, obviously, and for good reason. But uh, certainly uh, you're talking about uh, I was out there at practice talking to Connor Keys on defense and uh, you know, has a great story of perseverance. But just uh, Matthew Luby there, a senior quarterback, already over 1,000 yards passing, 11 touchdowns. Obviously, he's gotten the ball to Joe Royer quite a bit, and that's been really successful for you. But uh, tell us about your offense and what the strength of that is right now. Well, we, we know we're pretty we're pretty good up front on the offensive line. Our, our, our left side of our, our offensive line is, you know, I mean, you got Jacob James going to Ohio State, and you got Luke Kandra being a Louisville guy. And, you know, so we've got some some guys up front, but but also it's just not that we're we're we've got some some decent weapons. Matthews had a great season for us. You know, he played some slot receiver for us last year, and uh, you know, really I think learned from his experience. Um, you know, and, and, and it's just kind of picked up from, from that, you know, last year. And he's he's thrown the ball well for us. He's second league in passing. He's leading the league in rushing. Um, you know, he's he's one of those guys that you better account for or, or he's going to give you a hard time. And, you know, and then receivers, you know, having Joe Royer there obviously is 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 big. You know, his his ability to go up and catch the ball. He's a great competitor. Um, you know, so you got him, and, and you know Evan Vollmer, senior receiver, has done a really good job for us this year, and and Drew's playing and doing some good things. Dakota Post, a lot of wide receivers, a really good blocker, and when he gets the opportunity to catch the ball, he does. And you know, we're using a couple backs, and, and Joseph Catania and, and and Cooper Johnson, and and I think the thing is, we've got enough guys that 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 are that are making plays. That you know, you watch our guys run. You watch our guys block downfield. They do it, and they do it hard because they know if they don't, somebody's going to play more minutes than them. You know, and I think having competition like that on, on one side of the ball is is really good because there's always that threat that somebody's going to come and, and take your job from you. 
Steve, you always uh, are defensive-minded. Uh, I know you want to get a, maybe a few plugs in here for a couple of your guys on defense. So who's playing well for you on that side of the ball? Well, we've had, you know, the past couple of weeks have been, been a little rougher on our defense. We're trying to work a few things out defensively, but I think our linebacking core has done a real nice job this year. We've got returned two senior starters in Noah Taylor and TJ O'Malley, who are having solid years. Uh, Tucker Hundley, uh, our strong safety, is having a really, really fine year. I mean, I could go on and on about the guys that are playing you know, playing well, but we, we were trying to work a few things out right now. Uh, fortunately, you know, we had a good second half last week, but we had a rough first half. And, and you don't have time. You don't have a lot of time to work things out with our schedule, and especially going up against Coach Ramsey's offense. Man, your kids have to get better real fast, and that's what we're focused on this week is trying to get better real fast. Final thought for Doug, too. Uh, I saw St. Ed's uh, obviously defeated Winton Woods this past weekend, and uh, obviously you had to travel up to northeast Ohio, but uh, how proud were you of the the way you guys uh, replied or responded against Ryle last week? It was good, you know. It was, was, uh, you know, I I think the thing that probably pleased me the most wasn't the game. It was uh, last Tuesday in practice, our first day really getting after it again after a loss. It was probably the best practice we had all season. Guys were focused and, and ready. You know, they know we went up and we, 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 we played, we played, we did some good things up there, but, but we weren't at our best. And I think our guys, you know, learned a lot from that experience and, uh, and came out Friday and, and you know, we took care of business and, and, and did the things that we should have. You know, we talked about being physical and coming out and taking control of the game early. Don't give them a chance to think they can play with you. And, you know, and all the things that we laid out for our guys to do, we did a really good job of. Elder Coach Doug Ramsey, St. Xavier Coach Steve Specht. Guys, thanks for joining me on the WCPO High School Insider Podcast, and uh, good luck on Friday night. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Mike. Thanks, guys. And I want to remind everybody, this High School Insider Podcast is presented by our local Chick-fil-A restaurants, where the winning play is always chicken. Go for the extra point today with a side of their new macaroni and cheese. And uh, I just heard from Elder Coach Doug Ramsey and St. X coach Steve Specht. And uh, talking about this game, it is going to be much anticipated. There's going to be a lot of media there on Friday night. Uh, Elder leads the all-time series 51-42-6, and and the series started in 1923. I was uh, mistaken, as I mentioned earlier, only one overtime game, but that was uh, must have had some uh, records that were uh, did not denote the, uh, the OT games there. But uh, four playoff games, uh, two and two all-time series in uh, the postseason game wasn't played in 1929 and uh, talk about uh, two coaches who have really been established in the greater Cincinnati football community over so many years now 23 years at head coach for Doug Ramsey and 16 seasons for Steve Specht Steve's won three state titles uh, 2005 and 07 also 2016 and then Doug Ramsey obviously the back-to-backs uh, 02 and 03 there in Price Hill so Tell you what, uh, that is our WCPO game of the week. We're going to have a lot of coverage for you on that. I have a, f- a feature story uh, also going for uh, Thursday, and we'll have a TV story as well, uh, previewing the game on Friday night. Uh, but I asked a uh, kind of a poll question of sorts to our WCPO high school Facebook group at the start of this week, and uh, you know we're in week six right now, and uh, you know I had a few questions for our audience. We always get a good discussion there in the Facebook group, but uh, wanted to ask you know who is your MVP, who's your coach of the year, biggest surprise prize most underrated player in greater cincinnati and then uh, for some prediction purposes just for fun i, I asked uh, 
our group how many uh, teams we're going to have uh, in Canton for the state finals this December. And so we got a lot of varied responses and uh, people kind of chimed in from really all parts of the city and, and all divisions. This was kind of an open-ended question, which uh, was regardless of divisions. So I want to give you a couple of my thoughts. Uh, nothing scientific here whatsoever, but uh, certainly um, just some observations from um, what I've seen on Friday night. Now, obviously, I can only cover one game and be in person at one game on a Friday night. But uh, my MVP right now is Jatan McLean at Fairfield, the senior running back who's going to the University of Kentucky. He has 871 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns, 8.5 yards per carry. He's got over 3,330 uh, 3, yards in his career. Uh, and I tell you what, he's just he's just a game changer when you watch him. Um, we talked to his offensive line, three of his uh, offensive linemen after that 33 to seven win at Lakota West on Friday night. And, uh, one of the one of the players told me he says, you know what, with Jatan, you just give him a little crease and he just uh, watch him make some magic because he, he can do it all. He just needs that sliver of uh, of uh, you know real estate and uh, he he can take it to the house. And he certainly uh, showed that on Friday night against the Firebirds, five and zero Fairfield um, for the first time since 2013. They're going to face Lakota East this week in another big time uh, GMC matchup. Uh, Indians certainly don't want to look ahead, but. Uh, we can look at it as media members, and certainly that uh, November 1st game, uh, Colerain at Fairfield, could determine the GMC title. But a lot of football to be played. Um, talk about other player of the year candidates. Uh, Evan Prater, the University of Cincinnati commit, obviously a Wyoming quarterback. Uh, you got to put him right there. Number two player in in the entire state by 247 Sports in the 2020 class. Matthew Reavy, as we just mentioned, uh, Coach Speck mentioned him. Turpin running back Reese Evans. He has 916 yards rushing and 15 touchdowns this season. Roger Bacon, junior running back Corey Kiner. He picked up a, an offer from Notre Dame on Sunday, and he needs just 280 yards rushing and three touchdowns to become the Spartans all-time leader in uh, two of those categories. He's up for uh, three additional categories as well. Uh, so uh, when it's all said and done, we, we certainly are going to have some viable candidates for Mr. Football. And, uh, you know, those are just some of the names that uh, uh, you, you have to talk about. And that's not even talking about Winton Woods senior running back, Mayan Williams, who was the runner-up last year. And he may be the, uh, the most uh, credentialed candidate of them all when it's all said and done. Surprise team. I don't know. I, right now, I think it's Turpin. Uh, first 5-0 and start since 2016. I think if you talk to Coach Kent McCullough and some of the Spartans players, they're not surprised by the start. They defeated Lakota East earlier this season. Um, a lot of people said, hey, that's their signature win, but they are getting the job done right now. And uh, talking to uh, Reese Evans and also senior quarterback Justin Silverstein, we talked to him on the podcast earlier in this season, and they said, hey, from the sixth grade on, we knew this was going to be a special group. And they're certainly showing that right now and, and getting the job done there. Um, and, and that's a team that you certainly want to watch in Division Two, Region 8. We mentioned Fairfield. And then Wyoming, not a surprise team by any stretch of defending Division Four state champions. But the way they're doing it, they haven't lost in the regular season since October of 2015. you got to give a ton of credit to head coach Aaron Hancock and what he's doing. The 20-game winning streak right now, they've won 36 consecutive regular season games. And uh, they've outscored their opponents 86 to 14 on the road this season. So not a surprise by any stretch, but the way they're doing it in such dominating fashion, I think you got to give a lot of credit to coach Aaron Hancock and his staff. A surprise team for me, uh, possibly in that category, Jesse Hubbard, 
uh, and what he's doing at New Miami. First 5-0 and start since 1978. We highlighted uh, the New Miami Vikings on the uh, on WCPO.com last week and also had a TV story as well prior to uh, Friday night's action. And you got to give uh, Coach Hubbard a lot of credit what he's doing. Uh, took over a program where only had 21 players just uh, uh, a year and a half ago and uh, is really getting the job done there. Uh, got uh, to watch for them in Division 7, Region 28. And then Roger Bacon. Um, they've moved to the Miami Valley Conference. They're going to face uh, Purcell Marion this Friday night at Brown Basevich Stadium. Both those schools are MVC associate members for football. Uh, moved in, moving out of the GCL, that obviously everybody knows they were longtime members there. Uh, but four and or four and one, excuse me, for the first time since 2010, uh, their best start there. Corey Kiner has a lot to do with it, but senior quarterback Tyler Bullock got to give a lot of credit to senior defensive lineman James Thompson, who's verbally committed to Wisconsin's got a great story, uh, really persevering and came back from a knee injury last year as well. That's not even to mention uh, what Colerain is doing. Uh, 78 consecutive GMC victories. Not a surprise at all, but when you talk about a team of the year that may be under the radar right now, you never think the Cardinals would be, but certainly when you talk about underrated players, underrated teams, I, I got to think that Deshaun Pace, the senior safety, uh, University of Cincinnati commit, he's not getting the limelight or the spotlight he deserves because I, I think he's just a, a game changer there. And uh, the Cardinals are kind of quietly going about a 4-1 and one start. Um, only loss came to St. X 21 to 14 in week two, and they host Sycamore, a three and two aviators team this week in a, another crucial GMC matchup. We're going to have a lot more for you on WCPO.com later this week. Also on channel nine, we're going to have a preview, a kind of a mid season report card, uh, on, on Friday night as well. And we'll have all the highlights for you on the Friday night frenzy, um, late on Friday and also we're going to have a, a follow-up story for you on Saturday morning on WCPO.com as well. That's all we have for you this week. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us.